Welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is your oasis for strengthening your mental and emotional fitness, no matter what life tosses your way. I am so excited you're here. Just like you, I wear many hats. I'm a former dentist turned author and serial entrepreneur, currently a mom of two, and a recovering perfectionist. Every week, we'll navigate brave conversations to support your evolution at every season and stage of your life. Raw and unfiltered, we'll explore all the feels as we unpack life's unpredictable moments, from the playful to the painful, the magical and the messy, and everything in between this epic human experience. You ready? Let's dive in. Hello there, friends. Welcome to another episode of The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Nita. And if this is your first time, welcome. And thank you so much for tuning in. I know that this is your oasis, your destination, and I want to be the first to welcome you to be just a little bit more brave in your conversations, in your actions, and even in your thoughts. And today I have a very controversial topic that I wanted to just lay out on the brave table with you all. I know you've been following my journey for a really long time. And for those of you who are just tuning in, I want to bring up this concept that has literally blown up in the past few years, this idea of toxic positivity. And now when I was writing my book, That Sucked, Now What?, which is available for pre-order now, very excited about that. And that's been such a journey of honestly being able to be brave in sharing what has sucked in the sucky moments. And I have been able to interview a lot of my girlfriends as well as clients, as well as students who have also kind of reached an era in their life to be just a little bit more real. And maybe it could be attributed to the last few years where we were kind of like in isolation and maybe we're coming out of this, you know, post-pandemic era, or maybe it's because I moved to Austin and all of the people here are just so amazing. But I've noticed that within our international communities and even in you know many of your DMs, many of your stories, and even in a lot of the guests that I've brought on, I've tried to bring on guests who are going to be vulnerable, going to be brave, going to spark you to think differently. And this notion of toxic positivity has come up. And for those of you who are, aren't familiar, but it's this idea that everything has to be okay and oh don't cry about that you know every everything has a silver lining and yes for those in personal growth of course there is always a silver lining right like this is the coping mechanism that i grew up with i literally grew up with the idea of toxic positivity because i had no choice i had to when everything else around me was falling apart now going back to that my earlier self if i had the tools to embrace what I now have been able to embrace just writing the book. And honestly, more so, it didn't happen when I was getting into my losses, right? It didn't happen when I was losing my my mom first of breast cancer, then my brother, then two years after that, losing my dad again. Of course, I needed that because otherwise, I felt like I was going to fall into patterns of addiction or patterns of just, you know, just heavy, heavy darkness. And I know for the majority of you, you've not been through, you know, thankfully really big T traumas, right? But I'm talking about like everyday small traumas and I'm not trying to compare traumas by any means, but I want to bring up this concept of 
even judging ourselves when we're feeling an emotion. And I only have learned so much about this now in my life because I've had children and motherhood really exposed me to the duality of the emotions that it wasn't going to be easy. And there is a beautiful article by the Washington Post from this researcher, Dr. Hycox. And she talks about not only toxic positivity, but emotional perfectionism. And both toxic positivity and emotional perfectionism and this amazing Washington Post article, which I'll link later on the show notes, have the same underlying tendency and root cause, which is a discomfort with people's negative emotions. And how many of you grew up with this? Like, oh, you're not supposed to cry about that. Don't cry. I'll give you something to cry about. Like that, even just sharing that right now, I'm feeling it in my nervous system. I'm feeling it in my bones. And I've only been able to reconcile that and really integrate that as me becoming a mom of a two-year-old. And literally this was happening as I was writing the book. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to pass down my generational trauma of what my parents couldn't handle because their parents couldn't handle their own emotions. And then previously generations before that. So we're just passing this down, passing this down. And is it easy to give a kid a tupper, which is like in, you know, in Hindi, the four finger and the five finger slap. And if you're Filipino, it's like you usually like throwing the chanclas or the chinelas. No, it's not. It's not easy to do that because you have to be able to emotionally regulate yourself and then really pay attention to the patterns. And it's so difficult, by the way, especially when you're just trying to go through the motions. And if you're not getting sleep or if there's something that was pressing during the day, it is the greatest spiritual practice, right? And so when you used to talk about this, I never really fully understood. Yet, now it's becoming normalcy, and which is why I wanted to write this book, That Suck Now What, to really give, for those of you who aren't parents yet, or maybe don't have children, to give you agency in saying and normalizing those feelings that, yeah, it's okay. That sucked. Because back in my 20s, when I was going through my shit storms and my hailstorms of really trying to figure out who I was or even going through just tippy-toeing around my emotions in my abusive marriage, my first marriage, I didn't have that languaging. And so I love how in this article, Brenda Collier, she's a psychology professor at Miami University who studies perfectionism and emotional expression. And she says in this article that to be awesome all the time is extremely debilitating because it ignores reality. And honestly, this is not what life is like. And she's so right. And I agree with this and this perspective. And it only really happened as you're parenting younger children. They don't have an emotional radar. They are going to cry. Take any two-year-old. They don't get their way. They're going to feel it out. They're going to embrace the suck. They're going to transform the suck. And then Two minutes later, if they were allowed to fully express and have that meltdown, it's why it's called a meltdown, then they're regulated. Then they've gotten out of their system. Then they've like shaken it out and they've kicked and screamed. Many of you probably like seen a kid get crazy in a grocery store and mom's out there, you know, we've all been there and you're like so embarrassed. And I love the moms. And now, you know, I've even been so compassionate with myself in this practice where I'm like, okay, so we're going to sit here and yes, it sucks that I'm not going to buy you that lollipop. Or yes, you can be mad at me because I am not going to have you eat this raw apple right now in the middle of the grocery store. And when we get home, you're going to get a treat. So 
to be able to practice the way that we are in managing this, it takes a certain level of resiliency and grit and awareness and vulnerability. Because I'm not saying that we need to be victims in our circumstance, okay? And we don't even need to be the victors in this experience either. I'm just saying, let's be vulnerable. Let's share the vulnerability of when something bad has happened, something did not go your way, you didn't get the promotion, your friend betrayed you, you had a hard day at work, all of the things went terribly wrong. And to say, well, that's awesome. We'll just start back another day tomorrow. And I used to be that way, by the way, because things were so bad that that was my coping mechanism. I didn't know another way. When people would say, gosh, I'm so sorry about your mom, I'd be like, it's okay. It's okay. And I would just brush it off. And now I want to go back to the little Nita and me as I'm like doing this whole healing process. And for any of you who are grieving right now through loss or going through a major crisis transition in life or going through just everyday losses that we have, I want to give you permission to say, you know what? I am so sorry that you're going through this and acknowledging the pain in that, acknowledging how horrific that was and acknowledging how painful that had to be, yet not living in the suck. There's the difference between that sucked, okay, and the now what part, which is in the middle. And in the middle, it's just embracing the heaviness of that moment. I'm not asking you to sit in it for a very long time because there are some of you listening to this who are like, yeah, and it's so hard for me to get out of bed and it's so hard for me to do this. And I get so stuck in my patterns. Now, if we are talking about feeling stuck, that is a separate issue. But majority of us, we bury, we distract, we numb our feelings. And it's no wonder that since the pandemic, we've had an increase of people having substance abuse, and resorting to alcohol and other behaviors and addictive behaviors, let alone a whole mental health challenge since the pandemic, right? And I want to just bring to the table because I've seen this and you know, there's no fault or no shame of their own. They're just likely doing the best that they can. But when I've spoken to mothers, and you know, this was before I was living in LA and, and you know, we were going through an interesting, challenging time. I was reinventing myself. I was just kind of the the early stages of motherhood. So you're not really sleeping, you're not really having that confidence that you know really what you're doing as a mom. And I'm still trying to do all of these other things, right? In my business and speaking and supporting a household and being the CEO of the household and in our businesses as well as partnership. I mean, it's it's a lot of hats literally, that a lot of us women wear on a daily basis. And I don't think we necessarily talk about those challenges. And while I love it, and while I have a great partner who supports me in all that, when I would share some of these struggles, just to get you know close and real, honestly, raw and real and brave with some of the friends that I knew who were also moms, it would be like, oh no, I'm, it, you know, everything's so great and everything is so just so perfect. And gosh, you know, it just these times are just they're they're like the best. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me right now? <laughs> Am I just going crazy? And I want to anybody who's listening to this right now who's going like gag me <laughs> like is this is this real talk but i've literally heard this from so many women and i wanted to really spark a different dialogue i wanted to spark a dialogue of saying 
yes, motherhood is amazing. It's beautiful. When my kid goes to sleep, and I'm sure you've seen these memes of like, mom is so exhausted at the end of the day and she's so tired. But then as soon as her little one goes to sleep, she's scrolling on her photos on her phone of her kid who just went to sleep. And I just like, what are you doing? Didn't you just see Ari all day? Didn't you say like, he should totally go to bed right now because you're so exhausted. And now you're looking at photos of him on your phone. And I'm like, yeah, because I, I don't know. I, I missed him and I didn't even see these, right? And so it is the perplexity and the challenges and the duality and sometimes the paradox of the emotions that we face on a day-to-day basis. You know, would some call that crazy? Maybe, but honestly, it is embracing the full spectrum of our humanity. And I love that, you know, I just had Miss Danielle Laporte on the show And we definitely talked about how she coins this term of celebrating the beauty and chaos. And obviously my next book is finding the magic in the messy and the joy in chaos. And so we totally, you know, jived about, oh my gosh, because there is so much beauty in chaos. And I felt like I've only recognized that and the realness to that when I stepped into motherhood and not just motherhood of one, because I think they say that mom of one is a hobby and mom of two is like real parenting or something like that. I don't know. Don't kill the messenger. I literally like read that somewhere. Shout out to whoever said that. But I think parenthood in general is tough. And for those of you who are just navigating your own personal lives, may not be parents yet. Perhaps you have babies in your lives, which are your projects, which are the things that you're creating in the world. Maybe you lead companies, maybe you lead your teams. And we know in our teams, we always have children, or maybe it's your friend group, whatever it is. And all of these things can be challenging and messy and chaotic. And when I would share my deepest, darkest truths with these ladies, going back to that initial story, my friends in LA, when I was initially driving or entering into motherhood, and I would be met with such, it wasn't even, and I don't want to say fakeness, but it wasn't the truth. And it made me feel alone. It made me feel alone in my anxiety. It made me feel alone in what I was going through. And I know I'm not alone. And so this is why I wanted to record this podcast because for those of you out there who've tried to be vulnerable, and which by the way, I've created an entire episode on how to create more deep and meaningful friendships. And I'm going to link that show in the show notes because I think it's so powerful. Like I am so sick of surface level conversations. And one of the things that I just do not like doing is, and maybe this is because I'm a coach and for many years, I've taught coaches and I've trained people and we have to build rapport with who we're actually sharing vulnerability with. If you're expecting somebody to go deep with you, but then there's no rapport, there's no compassion and empathy for the other side, and you're just trying to get your point across, kind of like being in a meeting in a boardroom. It's not going to go very well. You're not going to get across in the ways that you would want to. And that's where I lead. I lead with compassion. And maybe it's because I've seen a lot of loss in my life. You know, maybe it's because I've had so much of that wounding, you know, growing up in terms of abandonment that I've had to really heal those parts. But I want to bring to the table the compassion there because if we're not having compassion for other people, we're definitely not having compassion for ourselves. And that's definitely a recipe for burnout. And that's definitely a recipe for like having our nervous system all shaken up and frenetic. And, you know, you can see people walking around with like crazy energy who's like, oh my gosh, you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And, you know, this is not me trying to dismiss. I'm kind of making a joke and lightness of it all. 
but also to bring to the table that there's a different way of operating in the world. To just even say in, you know, the quote of my dear mentor and dearest friend, Marissa Peer, you are enough. I mean, this woman created a whole you are enough movement because she was the therapist for Olympic athletes, celebrities, royalty, heads of states, governors, and governments. And I mean, just people in high places. And the number one thing that they would say is that they don't feel good enough. And so if we extrapolate that back to this emotional perfectionism, where in certain cultures, there is this striving for perfection and you can call it whatever you want, right? We can call it, I strive for excellence. We can call it, oh no, I'm very stoic. I don't share those emotions. And I want to paint the other side of this contrast because I've been there. I have been there. That was my coping mechanism. And I want to say that because now I know the tools, I wouldn't operate that way. But the family around me, they were just doing the best that they could. Because when somebody dies, it is already awkward in how to relate to them. You know, especially a young death, especially when I was a teenager doing many of of those deaths. And I don't think a lot of people, and this is talking about grief in general, but I don't think a lot of people know how to be there, which is why I'm so passionate about helping you all have those deep and meaningful conversations and relationships. Because I've been able to do that now with my family, who is really not... They're like kind of skeptical of my work. I mean, they're a little bit more appreciative now, but it's been a whole journey to get us you know, through that place. And... I think that if we are all wearing our own masks when we go to a networking event, when we're going to somebody's home that you don't know, when we're going to a place that you don't know, but there's a lot of people there. And think about those times where you've gone to those events or, or folks' houses and people are just asking like, hey, what are you doing? You know, Or nobody ever asks like, how are you really doing? What are some of the challenges that you've gone through this year? What are some of your stretch zones? Which is why I'm so excited that I'm actually creating this deck. It's a conversation card deck to really help you all have better conversations with one another and be real. And it's not to say that you don't have to be discreet in what you're sharing. I'm not saying that you need to be oversharing. What I am saying is it's okay to be vulnerable because vulnerability builds trust. Vulnerability allows you to connect with somebody deeply. And this is why I'm just so passionate about the book is to say, fuck toxic positivity. We've got so many better tools. And in this article, I think it's similar to the toxic positivity because this emotional perfectionism is this having a judgment about an emotion that you're feeling like, I shouldn't be mad about this. Why am I mad about this? This is sometimes the problem with us who are so into our own personal growth, who are so into deepening the work and the healing journey and all of it. But it's also saying that, well, yeah, it's okay to feel upset that something didn't go your way. It's okay to feel mad at somebody cutting you off and hopefully you're able to process it. So you're not carrying that where you're following them, you know, two blocks later and beeping your horn. I'm not saying to do that. I'm saying, oh, okay, an example for this would be, okay, well, that sucked. He cut me off. You know, what a blah, 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 or, you know, insert whatever expletive because honestly, you're acknowledging those feelings. But then you can say something like, all right, I'm feeling angry right now and I'm not that anger. Or I'm feeling angry right now and it totally sucks. And okay, where am I feeling it in my body? Am I feeling it in my 
tummy? Am I feeling it in my shoulders where I carry a lot of tension? Am I feeling it in my head? And in that suck now what, I have lots of graphics that literally show you step-by-step and tools that show you step-by-step in the guidebook. Now, when you actually buy the book, you'll be able to get the 40-page guidebook, which is in color and it's PDF editable. I mean, it's so beautiful. It's amazing. And I've worked with the one and only Hey Amber Ray. She's Hey Amber Ray on Instagram. And we've done this beautiful collaboration. She's also the illustrator in our book. And I'm just so excited to be able to work with another badass female because honestly, you know, we can only do so much by ourselves. And there's so much magic when we collaborate together. And hey, bring more people at the table, right? Like you can sit with us. And this is what I want to encourage to create these community and group gatherings. And this is one of the reasons why I had Amber Ray, who also is known, she's been on the podcast. I'll link her episode in the podcast in our show notes, but she's been on the podcast. She has her book out and she became who she was today because she started the memes of emotional health and mental health memes way back when. And I've loved her work. And I said, listen, you know, my team is literally, we're literally loving your work. Let's work on this book together because it's all about embracing the sucky moments and helping people normalize their emotions so that they can embrace it, they can feel it, and they can let it go. And she was the mastermind behind how we can actually illustrate some of these graphics. And you'll see some of her famous graphics uh, inside of the book that we've actually put for print, which of course you'll get with uh, on thatsucknowat.com now when you pre-order, but you'll also get the 40-page guidebook. And it's so beautiful because there is a full exercise where it allows you and it shows you how to embrace the sucky moments and how to turn them into transformation for change in your life. And so we're not dismissing it. I'm not dismissing any big T trauma, little T trauma, but we're welcoming it all to the table. And the only caveat with this is some people will think, okay, I don't have to do any work. I can embrace and feel and stay in the suck for as long as possible. And that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, allow yourself to be honest. What are you really feeling about it? And not judging, oh, I shouldn't be mad about that. Oh, I shouldn't be mad that he ghosted on me or he canceled twice on me or that really was disrespectful, et cetera, et cetera, right? We're not saying to dismiss any of that. I'm saying, bring it all, embrace it, embrace the feelings and be honest to really share it. And this is that book. And also when you order the book, not only are you going to get the guidebook that is in collaboration also with Hey Amber Ray, but you'll also get my five-day fly forward practice. And in order to fly forward, and one of the concepts I talk about in the book is I have a framework where it addresses what happens to every single person as they have an awakening, as they have the sucky moment, they have a fall. Sometimes it's literally, sometimes it's figuratively, but there is a fall that begins this cadence of where they are. And most people get stuck in this framework in the rising part because there's the ignition and then the rising. And once we are able to make peace with those parts, then we can go on into magnify and thrive. And 
in this fly forward healing practice. So it's five days. It's like a five-day challenge. And it starts with healing our relationships with our family members, with the people who have potentially wronged us, or we have you know negative feelings around that haven't really processed, like you haven't really forgiven them yet. And it's a beautiful healing practice to begin because a lot of times we still are holding a grudge or we're still holding some resentment or we're still holding that anxiety or anger or whatever that is, is to let that go. And the second day is all about now welcoming, okay, what is it that you want? And the third day is all about having the bravery and the resiliency to know that these moments aren't going to, you know, it's not going to be one and done. Like this is going to be a constant practice. So what are you going to be brave in taking action with? And there's a whole spiritual practice around that. And what can you do to continue to manifest the things in your life? And then we get into day four, which is all about attracting abundance and attracting abundance. And I have a whole sequence around that. And it's a full practice where you are saying affirmations and you are saying, and it's a whole meditation practice. You can take it out as a walking meditation or you can just listen to it. And then finally, we end with connecting back to yourself because none of this matters and you can't really fly forward past challenges and setbacks if you're not taking the time to really honor yourself because you can say, checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. I'm going to journal all of this out, but really none of it makes sense. And you can do all of the work theoretically. But if we're not really connecting back and truly feeling it, then we're judging ourselves again. We're back in our body and we're back in our head. And then we're back judging and judging and judging that, oh, I'm not supposed to have this emotion. And I want to say, let's practice welcoming all of the emotions to the table. And I just want to give a huge shout out to my children because they've been the ultimate teachers in this, honestly. And not just my son, Ari. I mean, I started literally writing this book, pitching this book to publishers right when Ari turned two. So maybe that was the spiritual practice that I needed. And we were also in the pandemic. And so it was also sparked when Isla was in my tummy. So... Again, I feel like children, and you probably heard this, but they're such shepherds of wisdom. And I don't know, but like when I was pregnant, I just felt this sense of creativity and creation that something else was meant to birth out. And this overall being okay with the heavy feels and how to actually transmute them into joy and fun and playfulness because part of resiliency and being okay with the suck is also celebrating and making fun of yourself in the process. Like I was recently on TV and I had a TV segment, very first one, first one for the book. But I was telling some of my girlfriends in our team, I was like, well, that sucked. I wasn't great. I didn't realize that for TV, it's not like a podcast, right? For TV, it's like you have four minutes. And they told me that I was going to have 10 minutes for four questions. And then I get on and you know, you're all nervous and I don't really watch the news, but then you're like on standby listening. And then it's like, this is going on here. And this is going on here. And hope oh, there's a hurricane happening. And and then I'm like, my nervous system's like, because usually when I'm going on stage to perform and to speak, I'm tuning into, okay, what are people going to need to hear? And I have a whole like practice to like ground myself and to settle myself so that whoever is going to be listening. And even I do the same kind of intentional practice for podcasts. Well, when they called me up, you know, I had to be like live standing by on Zoom. And this was, this all happened beautifully on Zoom, by the way. <laughs> and then they went right in, you know, there was no like warming up, there was no report. It was like, boom. 
And so I think I was a little bit long-winded and everything, but you know, I learned so much about the experience. Hey, I learned, so that sucked. And I wasn't my best, right? But the now what part is, okay, what did I learn about that? Well, I learned that I needed to prepare a little bit better and I needed to have points to really draw attention because you're only live for four minutes, literally. And it's different than the 10 minutes that they told us. So I'm like, okay. And knowing how to literally be agile. And that's just part of when you're doing something new, you're going to suck. That was my first time on TV. So it's not going to be my best, even though you know I come on live with you or not live, but recorded podcasts with you every week. And so I just want to give you permission that, you know, you can make fun of yourself. And I share that with my team. I'm like, hey guys, it's not going to be the best one, but you know what? It's not going to be the last one. And if it is, oh well, but you know, I think what we can learn from this is being more succinct and to be compassionate with yourself that you're just doing the best that you can. And I want to leave you with that. And if you haven't gone ahead to get the book yet, you can unlock those bonuses right away, which is the That Sucked Now What guidebook that literally accompanies the actual book. And so it has so many different questions, prompts that you can actually start asking your friends and family. You don't even need to wait for the conversation cards because those are coming out a little later. And you can start your healing journey. You can start your fly forward healing journey practice. So go ahead, thatsuckednowwhat.com. It makes for amazing gifts and get it one for your entire family. So all of you guys can practice it together. And how beautiful is that, that you can start taking this into your own hands? And I hope this inspired you in so many ways to let go of the idea that people would judge you, let go of the idea that you're not supposed to be feeling these emotions and to judge yourself, right? And I'll link the article in the show notes as well so you can learn more about that because these are two concepts that were brought to my attention from a dear friend. And honestly, it sparked so much just relief and permission that we can bring all of ourselves to the table, right? the messy, the magical, and all of it. And, you know, all of those parts can really coexist. So thank you so much for tuning in to be a little bit more brave. And if you love this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend who needs to be a little bit more brave. If you love this, let us know, leave us a review wherever you leave reviews. It means so much to us. And until next time, I will see you on The Brave Table.